Welcome to Bookworms. I'm your host, Joe, and today with me is Becky. Hi. Today's a bonus episode. What do we got for us today, Becky? Flapstick. Oh, wait, you want the title. Sorry. You're just starting off hard, <laughs> aren't you? Starting off on a great foot. So I have a couple of stories that are along the lines of Cinderella, which I saw Ever After the other day on Hulu. And I remember it being one of my favorite Cinderella retellings because I thought Drew Barrymore was the shiznit. And rewatching it, I was very much, what is this chaos? Because if you don't know, Ever After takes place in the 1500s. We got Leonardo da Vinci in it. But it's King Francis, I'm guessing the first, because <laughs> it's King Francis. And then at one point, the queen quips that divorce is only something they do in England, which was in the 1500s. But like the timelines are all messed up and the whoosie what's the fashions are all messed up. Utopia is all up in there, too. And it just the sequence of events hurts my brain. Anyway, it just yes. So the books. So now that we're done with that ramble, no, it no. Why? You're replaceable. You know, yes, someone I else am. can be the host of this show, not me. No, much better looking, better sounding. No one can see you right now, so it doesn't matter if your ha- if your horns are out and you're you know goopy and whatnot. It's okay. I'm always goopy. It's hard octopus people. No, so I don't know. It just got me to thinking about Cinderella, which led me to these two books. But can I do a little background on Cinderella? Or are you going to yell at me some more? You can try it. We'll see where it goes. Okay, so everybody knows the the story of Cinderella. It is one of the most retold folk tales, fairy tales, whatever tales ever, right? Like Disney's done 500 remakes and there's musicals with Brandy and Whitney Houston and then there's Into the Woods which (laughs) is a whole other can of awesome worms and then we have the newest one with was it Camilla Caballo I think is in it I don't know I just I honestly can't keep track of the ones that are just called Cinderella but then we have so many other stories that have that same theme of like oh poor me you know and then evil people Anyway, um, you sound awfully uh, bitter about the stories. Well, yes, because I am probably an evil stepsister in someone's story, <laughs> or I'm the mom. I think our children would agree that you are probably the mom in the story, <laughs> right? Because the youngest is like, "Okay, mother," and she wants to say Gothel afterwards. I am Mother Gothel to her, but it's fine. Um. Anyway, so the first, as long as you keep stealing her youth from her, right? He stole mine. I think it's only fair. The first recounting that we have is from the ancient Greeks. So anywhere between the 7th century BC and 23 CE, AD, whatever people call it nowadays. And it was about this Greek slave girl who marries the king of Egypt. So that is our first recounting of the story. And then From there, you know, there's tons of retellings and probably the two most famous are the ones from The Grim Fairy Tales and then the ones from Hans Christian Andersen. But 
there was one before that. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that is a perfect place for it. <laughs> perfect place. <laughs> um, the first European version was actually written in like 1634 by an Italian. Those crazy Italians. Right? From the kingdom of Naples. Not nipples. I can see it in your face. It's Naples, not nipples. Be nice. And it, it follows that same sort of trope where, you know, woe is me. I'm a poor girl who's done nothing wrong and I'm surrounded by evil women. But then... You women always going after each other. Should we look at history? Should we look at history? I will launch myself across this table. I will launch myself. So similar theme and ideas. But yeah. Do you have a favorite version of Cinderella? If you had to pick one. I guess I never really paid close enough attention. What? Not really uh, a Disney princess kind of boy, I guess. You have two daughters. Yes, and I watch Frozen. I don't know how many times. And Tangled. And Moana. And the one that I really like to watch, they don't like. Brave? Yeah, Brave. That one's halfway decent. Brave is halfway decent. And that's probably because it's half Pixar. Very true. <laughs> Anywho, the two that people are most probably familiar with are the Hans Christian Andersen one, which has been the Disney-fied version, um, you know, where she's lost her mom and her dad remarries and then he goes somewhere. He dies, he whatever, goes to war, depending on the story, and she's left alone with the two stepsisters and the stepmom. And then she marries the prince. And then the... Quick question. Have you heard the Russian version through uh, the Myths podcast guy? I don't think so. Oh, that one's pretty crazy. You should check it out. Crazy? I like crazy. Uh, Baba Yaga is in it. Oh, I love Baba Yaga. Oh, my God. I love her. I'll get the details in the show notes and for you later. I read the most wonderful middle grade book about Baba Yaga, which was a great introduction for her, for kids who are into fairy tales and scary things, but not quite ready. And yeah, anyway. So, the other one is the <laughs> Grimm's Brothers version, where the stepsisters eventually lose body parts. <laughs> they lose the, one loses the heel, one loses some toes, and then they both lose their eyeballs. At the wedding. Happy wedding day to you, Cinderella. You're so morbid. I am. All right. Now we're going to come to the books. The first one is called The Talking Eggs, and it's by Robert D. San Suchi. I hope I pronounced that right. And the pictures are by Jerry Pinkney. This book was one of my faves as a kid because it was weird. I'm not going to lie. It was you were a, a weird kid. It was originally published in 1989, so that's how far back we are. It is a Creole folktale that originated from a collection of Louisiana stories, and they were collected by Elise, Alice, Elise Fortier, pronouncing it wrong, and published late in the 19th century. So what happens is it's this young black family has two daughters and a mom. And the oldest daughter and the mom are kinds of pains. The oldest daughter is named Rose and the youngest daughter is named Blanche. And Rose is just woof, a piece of work. 
and Blanche is very kind hearted and hardworking. And the mom and Rose have big plans about going to the city, leaving their shack in the middle of the woods and making it big. And one day Blanche is told to go get water and she meets this old woman and the old woman is like, can you help me? And Blanche is like, of course. And she gets home and she forgot to do whatever chore that her mom and Rose wanted or didn't get enough water or whatever. And so her mom kind of chases her off and she meets the old woman again. And so she goes with the old woman to her house and the old woman has some stuff. So she's like, all right, you can come with me. But you can't do these things. Number one, you cannot like say anything about my chickens. Okay. You can't laugh at anything you see. So my chickens and what I do with my hair and whatever happens. Like you cannot laugh. Okay. So then Blanche comes to the farm and the first thing that she sees is a two-headed cow that have horns like corkscrews. I don't know if I would laugh, but I'd be like, huh, well then, well then. And then the chickens didn't cluck. They whistled like mockingbirds. Yeah, I don't know if I would laugh, but it'd definitely be like, huh, okay then, what am I doing? They go about their business. And then it's dinner time, and the old woman tells Blanche to light a fire and cook us some supper. And Blanche is like, WTF, there is nothing in this pot. There's nothing in this pot nothing and the old woman gives her a beef bone and suddenly there's a wonderful stew but that's not all while this is happening the old lady takes her head off and like hangs it on a hook not not literally hangs it on a hook but just like puts it somewhere to look at it in a mirror she takes off her head and like here's a bone put it in the pot and supper will be made voila <laughs> like can i go home now what am i what am i tripping on I'm not going to laugh, but what am I tripping on? So anyway, they have a very nice, lovely dinner. And then there's a party in the in the yard where a dozen rabbits came out of the underbrush and they create a circle and the male rabbits are wearing frock tail coats and the lady rabbits are wearing little train dresses. Again, I wouldn't laugh, but I'd be, what? What is happening? What was in that water? And so the next day, Blanche has to go to the hen house and get the eggs. And the eggs talk. The eggs talk, okay? There are eggs that are very pretty, and they have jewels and gold and silver, and then there are plain eggs. And Blanche was specifically told, like, leave leave these eggs that um, say, take me, take them. But leave the ones that say, don't take me alone. Don't mess around. Blanche listens. They have a wonderful breakfast and life is dandy. So then the woman's like, all right, peace out. Go back to your miserable life. But while you're doing that, you are going to toss the eggs over your left shoulder. And so basically that is how she gets all of these riches. She gets jewels and she gets a freaking horse and pony horse thing with a carriage and clothing. Now remember, she's from a shack in the middle of the woods. And now suddenly she's got all this stuff. Well, she appears at home and mom and her sister Rose are like, huh, huh, we want some. We want some. So mom has this bright idea to send Rose to the old lady. How do you think it goes? Smashingly. <laughs> Maybe for someone. 
but it's not for Rose because Rose can't help but laugh. Excuse me. She finds the old lady and she is like, yeah, 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 I won't laugh. Breaks the promise as soon as she sees that cow. And there's a picture of her. She's kind of doubled over and she's pointing. And I can just imagine her snort laughing and not a pretty snort laugh. Like, I have a pretty snort laugh. I don't think Rose has a pretty snort laugh at all. And then. Kind of judgy, if you ask me. Didn't we just have a talk to our kids about this with one of their songs? Yeah, but that song was mean. Anywho, then Rose takes the old lady's head. Because remember, the old lady's going to take her head off. And she is like, where's the treasure? It's awful. She just takes the woman's head. Then no bunnies appear whatsoever. There is no nice meal because Rose refused to cook the supper the right way. And so she put the old woman's head somewhere like on the porch when she was getting the eggs and the old woman again was like take the eggs that say take me and don't touch the ones that say don't take me like leave those alone and rose couldn't do it which ones are probably saying take me take me you mean like the the ones that are full of gems and clothes and yeah which eggs are so there were plain eggs and there were jeweled eggs and one of the eggs was be the plain eggs the plain eggs rose does she listen nope no. So you know what comes out of those fuckers? Sorry, I swore, Mom. You do have a problem with swearing. I it's do. amazing you're able to be a teacher. I know, right? Do you know what comes out of them, though? Do you know what comes out of them? Whip snakes and toads and frogs and yellow jackets and wolves. You'd be happy for the wolves. Um, Only if there was someone behind me, because I have to outrun them. Otherwise, the wolf's going to eat me. And then we have a Little Red Riding Hood situation on our hands. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So Mom and Rose run away because they're chased by all these horrible animals. And they get back to the shack and Blanche isn't there. She went to live in the city with the clothes and the pony and the carriage and the jewels. Because she's not dumb. (laughs) So, I don't know. I like the story... And I liked the illustrations, the illustrations, um, the one with the eggs, uh, with Blanche and the eggs. So there's all these magical looking chickens. There's a teal chicken. There's a purple chicken, a yellow chicken, and the, the eggs are bejeweled. But you can just see how ever so gently she's placing the eggs in her hand. And I just think it's really cool how art does that. You're just staring at it like, whatever. This makes no sense. I actually do remember this story kind of sort of from back in the day. <laughs> I think I remember liking it. Yeah? You think? Yeah, I maybe. Think. Maybe. Just maybe. So that was that story? That was that story. Any other comments on it? I see you're ready to move on already. I have lots of comments. I was just, it's so cute. But again, I don't know about the, the cow. I have lots of questions about 2 and headed beings. Like, just what's going on there? That's your big question. What question do you have? You didn't How say I had a questions. You just said I had to talk about a book. Don't judge me. I will judge if I do not have all the information. And there you sit, being haughty. Okay, next book. So the next book is by John Steptoe. And it's Mufaro's Beautiful Daughters. And it's claimed to be an African tale. I don't know the truth. Like, I don't know if it actually came from the continent. I don't know what country it came from. I do know that the author is black, so there is history there, but 
I do not know where exactly this came from because I'm a little leery when stories are like, it's, you know, it's this kind of tale and it's this kind of tale. Just, you know, we don't necessarily. You didn't do the research beforehand. Did not delve deeply. I feel like it's from Zimbabwe, but I also don't want to step on toes. Can we just cut this part out? Are you afraid you're going to get canceled? No. I just don't want him to be angry at me because I really like this book. You'll be safe. I doubt don't it. Don't you fret. I doubt it. It's going to come back to haunt me when I run for president. And I apologize in advance because I have never heard this story said out loud. There are pronunciations in the book, which is helpful. But because I have never heard it out loud, I only have the phonetic stuff of it. So Mufaro is what I'm guessing is Mufaro. And then there's Niasha and then Manyara and Nioka. And I really hope I'm saying those correctly. I can't help you here. I'm aware. I am aware. I can barely pronounce English words. I know. Anyway, so the father, Mufaro, was a, he was a single dad, and mom is never mentioned in this story. And he has two daughters. One of them is Niasha, and the other one is Menyara. And Menyara is a drama queen. We'll, we'll say that. We'll say that. And she's just really rude and, and mean to Niasha. And Niasha is just very quiet and kind and whatnot. And so they go about their days. And one day, Niasha is in the garden and there's a little snake. And she's like, oh, how lovely. You can stay here. Protect my vegetables. He's a better person than I am because I would scream. And then I'd probably poke at it. And that's how I would die. Dumb ways to die. Did I ever tell you about the summer I worked for a guy and my job was if I ever saw a snake, stop whatever I was doing and attack the snake? It was the best job I had for that guy. There was a summer at camp where that's what one of my coworkers, her job was. She got this massive machete from Walmart and she just went around and got the black snakes. I, I just <laughs> uh, carried around a spade with me. You know, I went to town hacking with that. Oh, no. It, it was ugly. Oh, no. These things could not be spaded. Spatted? Spurted? Anyway. Well, I would usually use this, the, the shovel, hit it with a, the flat side first to stun it. And then it usually took about four or five shots to line up the, the spade just right. But Tortures animals over there. Tortures animals. Anywho. Early one morning, a messenger from the city arrived saying that the king wanted a wife. And so Mufaro was like, you know, it'd be a great honor if one of you would be chosen. Prepare yourselves to the journey. And on one hand, I'm like, yeah, that would be a great honor. On the other hand, I'm like, who the hell is like, you know what would be really great to sell you to the king? I know people need money and I know it would be a great honor. But at the same time, I don't want that responsibility because if something goes wrong, not only is my child going to be hurt but then i could potentially be hurt did nobody see what happened to the bolin family you got nothing there you're just staring at me i got nothing do you know what happened to the bolin family yeah yeah why don't you remind us all though for the listeners that don't know it's because you don't really know (laughs) because you don't really know know the intimate details like you do because english history is not my primary 
area of expertise. Tutors. They were insane. All of them. Anywho. Anywho. Anne was supposedly having relations with her brother, which was false. It was a made-up rumor. But her dad was also imprisoned, and he had to watch two of his kids get beheaded. And then he still had his other daughter, Mary, who was kind of a footnote to history, honestly. But, you know, like, I don't want that responsibility. I do not want that responsibility. Anyway, Mufar was like, we're going. We're going to peace out. We're going to the city. Well, Benyara is like, I'm going to go early. And then she comes across some tasks. The first one is this little boy who is very hungry. And he's like, please, sir, I have some more. And Minyara's like, oh, get out of my way. It's not literally what they said, but it's the gist of it. And then she's like, when I am your queen, you will, you will reckon this dead. And then the second thing is this old lady just randomly appears in the woods and is like, I will give you some advice. You're going to come to a place where two paths cross and you're going to see some trees and they're going to laugh at you. Don't laugh back. And when you meet a man with a head under his arm, just be nice. I would be like, the the lady in the tree is talking to me. Did I enter Disney's Pocahontas? Which is historically inaccurate in so many ways. And there's a tree talking to me. You'd be screaming like if you saw the snake. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Anyway, so Minyara comes to the grove of trees and they're laughing at her. And instead of just walking by, this is a very seventh grade thing to do. She's like, I laugh at you. And she goes on her way. And then um, she sees the man with his head tucked under his arm. And she just goes by him, doesn't say a word. And she's like, a queen only acknowledges those who please her. I feel like that is the mantra of our children. Yep. So in the morning, Mufaro and and his other daughter get up and they're like, oh, where's Menyara and nobody knows where she is so they get going and there's this really beautiful illustration that kind of reminds me of the Lord of the Rings when all of them are going to the elves are going to the sea and And Becky is showing me the picture Uh, would you like me to describe it to our audience well that's what I'm doing It, it looks like when the elves are leaving Rivendell and they're in the woods and she has the vision of the little boy and then she goes back and she's super pissed at her dad. But that's not what's happening here. She's really excited to be going with her dad. Exactly. But it looks like it. It looks like it. So the other daughter, remember, is Nyasha. And she was the kind one. And so they come across the boy. And the little boy's like, please, Sam, I have some more. And she's like, oh, you must be hungry. Here's an apple. Or a yam. I think it was. A yam, yes. And then... The old woman's there, and the old woman does the same stuff, and she's like, thank you, ma'am. And when they get to the man with the um, the head under his arm, she's like, what's up? Just very polite, very nice. Finally, they get to the city, the whole entourage gets to the city, and Minyara comes freaking out of the palace doors, like, don't go in there, there's a monster, there's a great monster. Meanwhile, her sister is WTF, sis. What do you mean there's a monster? So she goes in, and it's that same little snake that guarded her vegetables. 
And so she's like, hi, how are you? Because that's how I would be. There's a strange snake sitting on a throne and be like, I'm going to go away now. But anyway, it turns into the prince or the so king. she didn't have to kiss it to turn it into the prince, <laughs> like the princess and the frog? No. Nope. Um, so the king is like, I am the king. I was also the little boy and I was all the old woman. And I was the, the, you know, the man with his head. You know me best as Nyoka. And because, you know, you were so kind to me, you are worthy of being my bride. And so that was it. They became husband and wife and Menyara became a servant in the household. Again, it's just really lovely illustrations that I like. I think that's Kilimanjaro in the back of this picture. They're like in a, I don't know, ceremony celebration thing and mountains in the background. Good chance for that. Yeah, that's kind of the main mountain that people would recognize. I don't know much about the geography of the continent of Africa. I don't believe there's a ton of mountains there. I don't think so either. Yeah, I think it's like Kilimanjaro and that's like the only major one. So I know people I, like to ski it. Of course they do. Of course they do. So those are my two books that are loosely based upon Cinderella. Cool, cool. I think that last one had a combination of a few of the different fairy tales there. Which ones? Like I said, Princess and the Frog and the other one that I was thinking of when we were going through it. But yeah. Anything else you want to put in there? I don't know. Fairy tales are fun. Why do you think we have so many fairy tales? What is our purpose in them? Why are there so many retellings of a fairy tale? That is a good question. Maybe our audience can tell us. I just think it's really interesting that there are so many. And how, I don't know, they're kind of like the myths, right? Like how did lightning come about? Well, to the Greeks, it was Zeus for once not being a dick. Maybe being a dick. Fully being a dick. <laughs> Always and forever. Always and forever. But I guess just what, you know, the myths had a purpose. So what was the purpose of some of these stories? Was it really just to tell little girls, like, don't be a jerk? And why was it only little girls? Where is the male equivalent? There's male fairy tales, aren't there? There are, but is there a male, a male fairy tale that's like Cinderella? Yes. Which one? I don't know. I mean, the prince and the pauper probably come close, but I cannot think of, and maybe the audience will enlighten me and I can read something new, but off the top of my head, I do not know of a direct correlation. Well, I think there are, uh, it's been a long time and they all kind of blended together, but when I read the Grimm's fairy tales, there were male characters that had maybe not that kind of story, but similar i thought where they had a stepdad or step and stepbrothers or usually both parents were dead or the aging father was about to die as like go find your fortune go become a prince why is it why are they always becoming princes and princesses and kings and queens like i am sorry i come from peasant stock and it shows what's wrong with that we had so many days off compared to nowadays they married into royalty, so... No comment. Ask your daughters. They'll tell you. No comment. One's a princess, one's already a queen. I am the archduchess, or the empress, whichever one is higher. Okay. 
But what is their purpose now? Why do we have 10 million retellings of Cinderella? Because it's a good story that teaches lots of lessons. It's an art typical story. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not an expert on this sort of thing. Me either. And but what I'm an English major. You should know these things. I am an English teaching. There's a difference. You should be able to teach this to kids. Therefore, you should know these things. But these are questions that I would pose to them and we would have a discussion. But there's so many other stories that don't have retellings. Little Red Riding Hood doesn't have that many retellings. It does. Compared to Cinderella? Sure. Like what? It's that Cajun one that the girls like. With oh. the... <laughs> yes. Uh, it was something rouge. Okay, but again... Where is it in pop culture? Where are the 10 million movies? Where Where is the Camilla Caballo, Caballo, I'm not Caballo, Caballo version? Where is Lily Evans or Lily, uh, Lily James? There we go. Is that um, Emma Watson do one? No. She did Beauty and the Beast. There's another one that she did, though. It was not well known. I don't know. You didn't do the research? I didn't know we were doing this until five minutes before you said, Record. Last time I try and help out here, I can't work under these conditions. Well, on that note. Oh wait, I had to find that other book. Remember the one with Baba Yaga? So that book is called A Wolf for a Spell, and it's by Kara Sutton. And in that book, there's Baba Yaga and a young girl sort of trade bodies, and then a wolf also enters the picture. And bodies are switched. And it's it's an adorable, lovely story where the prince gets taken down. Spoiler, because usually the Russian princes aren't that great. <laughs> Sorry. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> you asked for my help. This is the thanks I get. You like it. <laughs> Do you want to get a hold of us and tell us all these answers that Becky is looking for? Be gentle when you tell me how wrong I was. You can email us at kendallbookworms at gmail.com. You can DM us on the Instagram at kendallbookworms. Did you really just say the Instagram? The Instagram. The gram. My gosh. He's old. I'm ancient. He makes me feel young. grays in my hair. Josh, I have way more. Since Alex is not here, we'll uh, try to advertise some of his books. Check them out on Amazon. Paul Robinson versus Ragnarok. That's his latest. Let's see what else do we have. We have a website on Podbean. That will be in the we do with the below. What else? Remember, if you are listening to this on Google Podcast, that is sadly going away. Well, that'll be Google Music. It's just very sad. The user interface, man. So nice. I don't know if we can legally say that on the air, but whatevs. It's happened. It's out there. Troy will be very happy that people are being pushed to Spotify. <laughs> okay, on that note, I guess we're going to sign out. Thanks for listening. Bye, worms. <laughs>